This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right. I am here with my awesome friend, Brandon, and we're just talking about project management casually. Project management is many things to different people. But you can say that project management is applying knowledge and skills and tools and techniques to a project. That's really the key thing. You're applying knowledge and skills and tools and techniques to a project. And you're trying to come out with a deliverable. What is a deliverable? It could be a product, it could be a service or a result. But the key thing about project management is we want this to offer value and benefits to a customer. It's not enough to come out with a deliverable that does nothing for the customer. Oh, here's my iPad. (laughs) It's just nice to look at. What good is that? It needs to offer value and benefits. Or here's my new uh, Camaro. And then, okay, you just parked it in the garage. No value, no benefits. No. So the idea is to get a deliverable that offers value and benefits and an outcome. Ultimately, that's the thing about project management. We want to deliver a deliverable. It could be a product, service, or result. But the key thing is the outcome. So imagine this software application. We've spent so long in developing it. And it's done, but no one's using it. Who's using the software? Crickets. No one. (laughs) (laughs) No one's using it. But when you think about good project management, we ensure the benefits are understood right from the get-go and realized. So it's not just about a deliverable. Yay, we got done with the software. Okay, what are we going to benefit from the software? What are the values that we're going to get? What is the value element and what is the outcome that you're seeking? Oh, when we implement this software, we want everyone in the organization to use it so that they reap the benefits, the value and the benefits. And the outcome is happier team, right? So when you think about projects, project management, you got to think about those three things. There's value, there's benefits, there's an outcome, okay? Value, benefits, and outcome. The deliverable is just, yeah, we know that there's going to be a product, but it's to deliver value. Now, let's talk about the word program because we could group multiple interrelated projects together, and we call that a program. Multiple projects that are interrelated together, it's a program. And the idea about managing a program is because, let's say a program has hardware and software associated with it. One project could be software, one project could be hardware, and another project could be the integration. That's a program. Three projects, hardware, software, integration. All together, that's a program. So a program is multiple interrelated projects. When you combine these projects together, you get a program. 
But let's talk about operations. There's such a thing as operations which sustain the business, the day-to-day, checking emails, troubleshooting, maybe responding to customers. That's operations. But operations and programs are part of what we call a portfolio. A portfolio is all the work that the organization is doing, all the work. So if we're working a project, we're working a program, we're working on operation, we can categorize all of that together and say, well, our portfolio is extremely robust. All we're saying is that there's a lot of work that we're doing. And the aim of a portfolio is strategy. So assuming you have a buddy who has this big old company and they've got all these resources, all those resources without direction is no good. There should be a strategy. What are you aiming to achieve? Uh, well, we want to be the number one in industry. Okay, but how are you going to be number one in industry? Well, we're going to focus on this. We're going to focus on this. We're not going to go after that market. You see, that's strategy. You got to strategize how to get to your end goal, your vision. So as a project manager coming in, right off the bat, one of the questions you could ask is, hmm, why do you want to do that? Why would you want to do that project? Why not that project? It's all interrelated, you see. It's not just enough to do projects. It's not enough to say, well, this is our to-do list of projects. We just love these things. No, there should be a strategy. What market are you going after? Are you going after young folks, older folks, retirees? What is your software meant to be doing? These are some of the questions you want to ask right up front. You should ask the question, what is our definite chief aim? And based on your definite chief aim in the company, you know what portfolio to work on. Your portfolio, they're like assortments of projects. Like when an artist tells you, I've got a really nice portfolio, you want to see my artwork? And they show you, here's landscapes, here is portraits, and so on. Now that takes us to the concept of what exactly a project is. So let's leave portfolios, we'll come back to it, but let's talk about the concept of process groups. In project management, you're gonna hear this talk about process groups. There are five of them. The first one is initiating. So if you're starting off a project, the first thing you do is you initiate. You develop a charter that authorizes the project and you identify your stakeholders. So. We're going we're gonna to mark a little bit of time here because this is where I need to go to the whiteboard and I need to talk about the process groups. Initiating is our first process group. And initiating is what a good project manager should request. Coming into a company, let's say you, you just made a project manager and you come into a firm and they say, oh, we got these projects for you to manage. You want to say, okay. I need to put on my initiating hat because there's two things that need to happen in initiating. The first one is you want to develop a project charter. Someone says, what is a project charter? It's a very straightforward concept. It's a document that authorizes the project. And it gives you, the project manager, the ability to apply resources to the project. So this is language. We're just getting into the language of project managers. You know, the lingo, they say initiating. It sounds like a big old thing. No, it's just creating a document that puts you and the stakeholders on the same page. That's really what it is. So 
initiating is number one, the first process group. Okay, this is going to go very quick because it makes sense at a very high level without getting into the weeds. We will get into the weeds later on, but at a high level, we initiate, right? So two things happen in initiating. Develop a charter. And that authorizes the project. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Then the second thing that we do, going back to our little video here, the second thing we do is we identify our stakeholders. So assuming you're building a shopping mall in an area, imagine who your stakeholders are. Your stakeholders are people that can be affected by the project or people the project, uh, people who could affect the project. Stakeholders can affect the project or be affected by the project. So if you're building this big old shopping mall, you got people in the neighborhood, they're like, oh, you, you're going to be making us go the long way to work. Why are you blocking off the I-10? We don't like that. They're your <laughs> stakeholders. You know? And your job as a project manager, you got to satisfy these people. Otherwise, they, they could cause trouble. And apart from that, it's just the project manager's responsibility. So if your company is working on a project that is affecting stakeholders, people, you need to identify those people up front. And then you need to do some community work, going around and saying, really sorry, we got a, we got a, a really helpful project. It's going to help the community. It's going to be a mall. It's going to add a lot of value to the community. And you know what? We've actually got some free gift cards that we're giving to everyone in the community who agrees to sign XYZ or who promotes XYZ. You got to do some community work and get your stakeholders on board. One of the things in project management that we don't do is look at the stakeholder as an annoyance. Now they might be, <laughs> but you don't <laughs> want to think of it like that. You want to think of it like, okay, love your stakeholders. Let me turn this negative stakeholder into a positive one. And I'll be totally honest. I've seen that happen in my real projects. I've seen how a stakeholder's view is the vantage position and you're not there to see what they're seeing. They can see in a particular way. Maybe you can harness that negative stakeholder to really explain to you why they are opposing the project. And it takes dialogue. And you know what? When you understand what this one stakeholder is thinking, you can translate that to a gazillion other stakeholders. And in a preemptive strike, you can stop them right there in their tracks from even getting to that point of frustration because you've taken the time to understand one key stakeholder that shares, you know what, Brandon, I'm not really happy about this project because it's doing this and this and that. And this is a key point in my day. Now this is messing up my day. And you're able to empathize. You're able to put yourself in their world. So in the world of project management, stakeholder identification is very important. We actually document them in a stakeholder register. We put them into a stakeholder register. And this stakeholder register is a living, breathing document. Now, the key thing, again, is the outcomes. But who are the outcomes for? It's for stakeholders. And that's why we focus very heavily on stakeholders. All right. When you know your stakeholders and you've got authorization, next thing is planning. you got to plan. How are we going to get this done? How are we going to get this project done? And, you know, in the world of project management, We've got a project management plan. Yeah. Your project management plan, you're probably familiar with the concept. 
it covers everything, schedule, cost, scope, quality, resources, communications, risk, procurement, stakeholder, even change. You should always anticipate, okay, how are we going to manage change? How are we going to manage scope? How are we going to manage if our scope balloons? What are we going to do? How are we going to effectively manage the project? That needs to be what you think about in planning. But in every project, you got to tailor your plans and processes. One of the things people get wrong when, when they come into project management, they think, oh, we got to do everything. No, you don't have to do every single process in project management. you got to tailor it. So you got to tailor how you approach schedule and cost and quality. Now, there's something we could call fully plan-driven project management, but there's also something called agile that responds to the project in a just-in-time fashion by planning in iterations. Agile, I tell you, is very popular among software people. We look at doing things incrementally and iteratively. So we're not going to plan everything up front like we do on some projects. In Agile, we plan in iterations. So just remember, there are different flavors of project management, and I will show you those. We've got good old Agile, which is very nimble, and it's able to respond in a, in a very dynamic fashion. And on the flip side, we've got other methods where they may plan so much stuff up front, right? So there are two methods, two ideas, if you want to, two, let me just call them big ideas of project management. Now, within those big ideas of Agile or a less agile way, they are approaches. And I want to show you a repository here. I often joke about this. I say, this belongs to Fauci, Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're going to take a look at Fauci's repository. Let's take a look at the CDC website. This is Mr. Fauci's repository. I know he's, he gets he gets beaten up a lot, you know, but you know, he's my buddy. I don't I don't begrudge him. So this is the CDC website. What you're going to find on the CDC website is a treasure trove, treasure trove of documents that project managers can use. Now, I just want to get one of them. I'm going to share with you in the chat before we go any further. I'm going to share with you the why, link to the CDC. Uh -huh. why, why does the CDC have this? Great question. It's amazing. Isn't it? And you know why? It's because they work projects. The CDC works projects. I know they've gotten a lot of beaten in the past few, few months and years, but they actually have a very robust website. And you can download a project management plan, a project charter, a project schedule. So anyone starting off as a project manager in a firm looking for tools, I always send them here and I say, it's taxpayer money. Why wouldn't you use it? it no, this be. is amazing. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? I, and I tell people, you got to use your taxpayer money for good things. You paid for it. You better use it. So, so if you go over here, you can see they got different categories of plans. We're going to click on one. We're going to click on uh, project management plan light. And then I'm going to open it up and just show you around so that you get an idea of how plans uh, could be managed in this world of, of project management, how you put the plan together and how you manage it. A lot of people think that the plan, once it's done, 
is done and doesn't change. No, that's not true. Your plan is going to evolve over time. It's going to morph. It's going to change. It's going to be dynamic. And even in a world of a more plan-driven project, what you're going to find is that people have what we call change requests or change orders. It's never the end of the story. There's always going to be a mother, may I have? <laughs> uh, they're always going to come back to you and say, oh, Brandon, please. I, I, I thought I knew what I wanted. I don't, please. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the mindset, you've, you've experienced that. Have you experienced that before? Yeah. Yeah. And, you, you know, you, you, you got to give the customer as much as you can what they're asking for. In the world of Agile, we just go overboard and say, yeah, our highest priority is to satisfy the customer through early and continuous delivery of valuable software. So we go above and beyond to give our customer what they want. But in the world of more plan-driven, there's usually this reluctance. Um, okay, Mr. Barnes, that's going to cost you an additional $50 million for that change order. Yeah, they just go for the juggler straight away in the world of predictive. It's not the best. My mindset is one of hear the customer out, hear the customer out. So, so even though we've got plans that are pretty rigid in plan-driven project management, my advice to any junior project manager coming into project management is don't reject the customer. Remember, without the customer, without the stakeholder, you wouldn't have a job. You yeah. wouldn't have a job. So yeah. coming into this plan, you got, you got to approach the plan as it's just a plan. It's not the be all, end all, be all, end all. And we're not looking to kill people to make this plan work. You know, because a lot of people are like the plan must work we we got to put the team into an 80 hour work week no oh god <laughs> no don't it seems do more it. like a blank slate on which you can tailor there you go you got it you could scale it up you could scale it down most times people will scale down because <laughs> it's such a huge plan yeah it's, there's so many things in it i'm going to show you the moving parts in it as we go along but I really wanted you to know that there is a repository, Mr. Fauci, <laughs> uh, he, he, he and his cronies, they, well, this is a, a site they use. And, you know, I'm, I'm not making fun of him. He's my buddy. So, you know. All right. So after you plan, you carry out the plan, right? You execute. Executing means you're carrying out the work. You don't want to burn the team out. You don't want to kill the team while you're executing. Just keep that in mind. It's a plan, but if we need to tweak the plan, we're going to tweak the plan. So we're executing the work. We're getting stuff done. As you're executing the work, there's something else that needs to happen. You're executing, but you're also checking. It's important. So we, we have a way we execute in the world of Agile. We do and we check all at once. It's not like there's one phase for, for, for doing and there's one phase and they're so wide apart. No, they are sandwiched. So as the work is going on, you got to remember it needs checking. So we're monitoring and controlling as well on our projects. We execute and we're also monitoring and controlling. Execute, monitor and control. Write code, test code. Work the project, check the project, write code, ensure that it actually works with what you created in the last iteration. 
So there's this thing we call Kaizen, right? It's a mindset of always improving, change for the better. It's a Japanese word you hear being used a lot, Kaizen, Kaizen. When we talk about Kaizen in project management, we're talking about improvements, not only for us, but for the team and daily. Last but not least, we talk about the closing process group. And closing just refers to either closing out a section of the project or the entire project. Now, a good project manager knows that to close out a project, you're going to make sure, first of all, the customer's happy, that you delivered what the customer was expecting, and it offers value. Now, it might take time for value to catch up because value and benefits are a lagging indicator. It takes time on some projects for you to really realize the value. So it's not like my project got done yesterday and, oh, I got all the value. No, it's going to take the passage of time. Some projects, it takes years for you to finally say, oh, you know what? It wasn't a white elephant project after all. It actually <laughs> did deliver some value. Talk about the Sydney Opera House. It was over budget, behind schedule. It looked horrible. But in the passage of time, the Sydney Opera House has really been a cool fixture. In the world of project management, we talk about keeping things simple, K-I-S-S. So talking about tailoring, we talk about simplicity, the art of maximizing the amount of work not done. In the Agile Manifesto, we talk about two things. We talk about value, but we're also big on simplicity. Simplicity, keep it simple. Don't do all that work if you didn't need to. K-I-S-S. Right? Say that again? Min-maxing, right? Exactly. There you go. You got to minimize to maximize. That's it. So it's all part of this same mindset. Good stuff. Kaizen, the concept of value, the concept of continuous delivery, continuously delivering to your customer. So in the world of agile, which is very popular in the software space, but used everywhere, we talk about continuous integration, continuous delivery. So that's pretty much the picture. We initiate, we plan, we execute, we monitor and control, and we close. And your job as a project manager is to ensure success, not just in the delivery, but beyond the delivery. You want to make sure that the customer got value. And that takes us to the topic of mindset. Your mindset as a project manager needs to be one of customer obsession. It needs to be one of value. It needs to be one of benefits. It needs to be one of outcome. Customer focused. Our highest priority is to satisfy the customer through early and continuous delivery of valuable product. Value, value, value. That's it. If it's not valuable, don't do it. If it's not adding value, cut it out. That's the mindset. So our mindset, again, is going to be one that espouses the Agile Manifesto. Now, you may not have checked out the Agile Manifesto because it's not in the edition of the PMBOK guide that you have. So we got to go to the Agile Manifesto to check that out later on. But before we hit the Agile Manifesto, we got to talk about something else that's not in your seventh edition either. So the seventh edition, uh, let's not talk about it just yet because I may not have very nice things to say. Okay. So let's go, <laughs> let's go back to the mothership. Let's go back to uh, the sixth edition. I call it the mothership. Okay. In the sixth edition, we further categorize things we do in project management into what we call knowledge areas. 
we call them the 10 knowledge areas. And the 10 knowledge areas are 10 buckets of classifications. The 10 knowledge areas, it starts off with the concept of integration. What good is everything if everything isn't moving together? We got to integrate, we got to coordinate, unify and combine pieces of project management. The next thing that we talk about after integration is scope. Scope is understanding the enormity of what needs to be done. Scope comes before the topic of how long. So someone's saying, how long will it take? Well, I need to know what you want. That's right. scope. Right, exactly. <laughs> so when uh, you understand yes, the scope, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you understand the scope, then you can talk about schedule, not how long will it take? You haven't told me what you, yeah, want. you don't. I don't know what you want. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, for the project manager, again, we got to go to Fauci. We got to go <laughs> back to got to go back to Fauci land because right here on their portal, they have a number of documents that could help you understand scope. One of them here is a requirements traceability matrix that actually helps you collect the requirements. What does the customer really want? We need to understand what the customer really wants. And it starts off with you collecting those requirements. Now, we've got to be careful when we say requirement, because a lot of times when people say it's a requirement, no, it's not. It's not required, but I want the red button. No, you don't need the no, red button. You don't. You're just being emotional about the red button. <laughs> but, but it makes me feel good. Okay. All right. Don't worry. I understand you want a red button, but let's call it a request. Huh? Let's not call it a requirement. We're going to call it a user-centered request. And that's why in the world of Agile, we talk about user stories. So we're going to talk a lot more about user stories as we go on. But the whole concept is of scope. When you understand scope, then you can begin to talk about the timeline, about the schedule. And I'll show you a lot more about the schedule as we proceed. Now, when you understand the scope, then you can actually begin to see how schedule is related to another component, which has to do with money, the cost. Mm. You don't know how much it's going to cost if you don't know the scope and you don't know the time box in which someone's trying to do it. Because sometimes when you want to make something get done quick, you need trade-offs of cost to be balanced with scope and schedule. Yeah. In addition to that, something else we talk about going back to the Kaizen idea is quality. Quality is fitness for use, conformance to requirements and customer satisfaction. So you really need to define quality as a project manager working with the stakeholder. You also need to think about resources. How are we going to get this done? Human equipment, material supplies, facilities. Another dimension is communications. You got to communicate. The project manager, it has been said, spends 70 to 90% of the time communicating. When you're in a meeting, showing people a plan, you're communicating. When you're discussing the way forward, you're communicating. When you're going over little Bobby's requirements, you're communicating. I want a red button. <laughs> All right, Bobby, calm down. We'll give you your red button. That's communication. It's interpersonal skills. So the project manager wears many hats. Project management is truly an art and a science. And the art of it is in communications, especially those interpersonal skills. Another dimension in communications is how you communicate uncertainty to a customer, which takes us into the topic of risk. 
you could communicate a project like, oh, it's no big deal. We've got this covered. Or you could communicate a project and say, wow, you, you want to penetrate that market with the forbidden beef that is forbidden <laughs> in that country? That's a risk. Because guess what? If you're caught selling beef of that nature in this country, you're going to jail. They're going to mm -hmm. clean you out. You may not even survive. You could be killed. So oh, when you communicate on a project, it's important. You remember you're communicating all aspects. And one of the aspects is risk. And risk is huge because it's uncertainty that matters. It's uncertainty that affects the project. And this uncertainty could result in an entire company being closed. Mm -hmm. If you're not looking at the risks, you know, there's a company out there in China. It was a high-flying company. They were called Ofo. And Ofo was a bike company, just like the Uber of this world. They were the Uber of bikes. Now, they had competition, but they had a lot of risk. And unfortunately, the risks ate them alive. Hmm. It was one of those bike-sharing companies where you ride the bike, you leave it anywhere, you scan a code, and then you can just pick up the bike from anywhere, ride it, drop it off. But they didn't see a lot of the blind alleys, there were a lot of blind alleys, and it ate them alive. And it, it's an example of how one or two little risks could not just kill your entire project, but the entire company. So when you talk about risk as a project manager, a good project manager communicates everything and risk and doesn't try to hide it. Some project manager are like, we're fine, we got that covered. No, they're sweating in their pants as they're sitting down there telling you, we got it. No, you know it's going to eat you alive. Why not come clean? So yeah. in project management, we've got to be transparent and we've got to be fearless. You've got, yeah. to, you've got to be able to challenge anyone in that boardroom and say, no, because X, Y, Z. So when it comes to risk, bad news needs to travel like hyper fast. Talk about a hypersonic speed. Yeah, you need to communicate risk like yesterday. Yeah. Now, there's a difference between a risk and an issue. A risk is uncertainty that could happen. An issue is a materialized risk that has happened. At yeah, that point, it's an issue that's happening right now. Right now, exactly. <laughs> right now. And guess what? You know the fun part? As a PM, you got to deal with both. So going back to our friend, Mr. Fauci's site, I mean, if we scroll down the list, all these things I'm mentioning, you're going to find documents that enable you tackle those things, all right? So I know I talked about a bunch of things. Let's go down memory lane and get caught up to risk again, because I know it went pretty quick. So we have integration, combining and uniting everything. We have the concept of scope, which is scoping out everything that needs to be done. We have the concept of schedule, which is the timeline. We have the concept of cost, which is understanding how much it will cost. We have the concept of quality. And quality is all about fitness for use, conformance to requirements, and customer satisfaction. Then we have the concept of resources, knowing human equipment, materials, supplies, and facilities, understanding what you need to get the project done and making sure you have those resources. And then we talked about communications, communicating different things, communicating to little Bobby, you can't have the red button. 
takes some empathy, takes some skill, right? And then yeah. we talked about communicating the concept of risk. If the project is going downhill, if it's going to tank the firm, you need to also work on that. So risk is uncertainty that could impact the project. It's important for you to effectively manage both risks and even issues that are things happening right now. For that reason, like I said, going back to Fauci land, in this template here, we can see risk management log. You got to log the risk. We got a risk management plan. You got to plan, how am I going to manage risk in the first place? And then if we go up here, you can see we've got an issue management log. So you got to log risk, but you also got to log issues, things that are happening right now. So I often tell people in the world of project management, there's a, a document and a template for almost everything. Everything <laughs> under the sun has some sort of document. So risk has its documents, communication has its documents and so on. The next thing to think about after we're done talking about the concept of managing uncertainty, and it's, by the way, not in sequential order, because in the real world of project management, risk could be right out of the gate. You don't need to wait till you get to risk, get to risk as soon as possible, right? Start thinking about risk that could eat up the entire project. We actually do that in initiating. We look at risks that could- yeah, I was going to say, like, we, we could build this building, but your workers might die. <laughs> like, Hello, you, know? <laughs> you, better, you better let them know up front. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the name of the game. They may not want to build the building <laughs> after all. So, so after risk, in, in the PMBOK Guide 6th edition, the next chapter you encounter is one of procurement. It's called procurement. And procurement really just has to do with make or buy decisions, asking, can we do this project all on our own without buying anything from outside? And if the answer is yes, we can do it all on our own, then you probably aren't going to procure anything. But if you are going to buy anything from a vendor or a seller or even get staff augmentation, you need to think about contracts. And that's where procurement comes in. What do we need to buy? How are we going to get it? How are we going to manage the contract? Okay. In the sixth edition, the final thing that they talk about in chapter 13, it's the stakeholder, stakeholder management, stakeholder engagement. And the thing about uh, stakeholder management is that it's not a one-time thing. It happens all throughout the project. So in the very beginning, I talked about identifying the stakeholders. That's just one part. You also need to actively plan, how am I going to engage them? How am I, how am I going to make sure they show up for those meetings? How am I going to suck them in? How am I going to ensure that the stakeholder supports every step of the way, integration, schedule, cost, scope, quality, resources, communication, risk, procurement? How do I ensure my stakeholder comes along for the entire ride? Because this thing is an entire rocket ride, right? And sometimes your stakeholder are kind of reluctant to come for the ride. Your job as a project manager needs to be, hmm, how do I, how do I keep them coming back? Yeah. How do I keep them engaged? How do I ensure that it's a win, not only for us, but truly for them? And it's by engaging them every step of the way, every step of the way. And that is, in a nutshell, what project management is. You know, we, we have a project management masterclass where we blow all of this stuff out. But over the passage of time, we're going to work on unraveling the mystery, unraveling the mystery of, of Fauci land. And, and Agile and all of this stuff, we're, we're, we're going to do it. So, Brandon, I want to say a huge thank you for letting me do this. 
in, in our mentoring and coaching session. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to stop the recording and then you and I are going to talk offline. But for those folks who might be watching us after the fact, go on down to projectmanagementmasterclass.com. If you're looking to get PMP certified, you can actually get certified after this class. We go into everything under the sun of project management. So thank you again, Brandon. Thank you. And uh, thank you. Cheers.